Well, the countdown is on. By my calculation, we're at ooh, 20, what, 20 hours? Ring, 21 hours until school starts? Somewhere in there? Yep, it's about to happen. Parents are excited, teachers are excited, and uh, kids are really excited. Yeah, school's back. Woo! But uh, we're so glad to have uh, teachers from Wilburn here this morning. You, we're so thankful you're here. Yep. And all teachers, what a great start to the day. I mean, it was just a buzz out there. It was great. It was a little warm. We're going to kick up the AC next week. But uh, thank you so much to the Vandervoort uh, Life Group for sponsoring breakfast. It was uh, very tasty, great coffee, but awesome community. And that's what we were going for this morning. And we're going to start that every week. So don't forget 945 next week. If you haven't been with us, we've been in the series on the Lord's Prayer. And you see that the walls are, are almost done. We're going to add a, a tag on the end with the, the, the passage there. But each week we've been covering a different section. And this week we come to the last section. of the, And it's, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Do you have your Bibles with you this morning? Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. You're going to be flipping around a little bit on your, on your phone or wherever we'll be in Luke. We'll be in Matthew. How many of you have King James Bibles with you this morning? You're a King James fan or a new King James? Cool. How many have uh, NIV Bible this morning? How many have NLT? How many have something, you have something else? But all in your brain. It's just all right here. All right? Well, whatever. There's, there's it's something interesting about this little section here. Is that if you do have a King James Bible, then it actually has it in the prayer. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. If you have an NIV or a, a, an LT, you'll find something this morning as you turn there. It's not there. This, that little phrase. Is, it's not there. Well, maybe you might have an, an, a little asterisk there, and it, you go to the bottom of the page, and it says something uh, about, you know, and add it on later on, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Or, or maybe it has it in parentheses, uh, depending on, on what Bible you have. But uh, this actually, in the first kind of manuscripts, this little tag here, it wasn't in the prayer. And so there's been a little bit of debate on whether or not you should include it or not include it. Included. And the reason why they added it is because if you ended the, the prayer there, if Jesus ended the prayer there, it would be ending on from, from evil. We don't really like that, do we? We don't want to end with the evil or evil one. And so in the first century, what they would do with prayers and sermons is they actually they would sing a song after the prayer. And this was a little song that, that was sung in the first century. For yours is the kingdom the power and the glory. So it really wasn't even meant to be said, it was meant to be, to be sung. And so it's this song that we sing. Songs are, are, are definitely are powerful things. Um, I don't know if you ever are like me, sometimes I get songs stuck in my head. They just they can't get out. The words are in there. The, it, the Music is powerful that way, and it moves us, and it, it takes us to different places. I actually did a a little survey of our staff. Do you ever get songs stuck in your head? You can shake your heads. It's okay. You're not. Do you do? Well, we have a couple. Of, I looked at five or six of our, our staff members. We're gonna. We have their names there. We're gonna throw them up on the board. I surveyed them. What song gets stuck in your head? Okay. Now you're gonna try to guess which song this person this applies to. All right. Well, first of all, 
There's, there's a couple of songs. We'll, we'll just go, we'll, we'll pause a sec. A couple of songs that have gotten stuck in, in our head this summer at our household is, uh, there's, there's one that uh, a girl, I don't know if you've ever heard of before, Taylor Swift. My little girl, she sings this song all the time. That has been the song of the summer. You know what I'm talking about? Right. You can fade that one out. There you go. So that, that was my little girl, Briley. 22 all summer. She just does this. All right, 22. And she's two years old. But let's go back to staff, all right? That was Briley's song. Guess and, and, and tell me which song this staff member is. Across the USA Then everybody be served. All right. Pause. Who do you think that is? Mary. Mary, is that? Yes, that's Mary's. All right, good. One point for you. Ding. All right, next song. Does that song ever get stuck in your head? All right, you can throw that out. All right, who's song, who is that? I heard it very clearly. Rhonda. That is Rhonda's. That's Rhonda's in my head song that gets stuck there, okay? Now you're going to have that on your mind all day. All right? All right, next song. Remember this song? The 90s? All right, fade that out. Whose is that? That's my song. It gets in there, and I cannot get it out. I would walk 500 more just to be. And Habron, Habron. I don't even know what that means, and I'm singing it. And I'm, oh, it's in my mind. All right, next one. This is that. This. How many have got them all right so far? Nobody. Uh, all right, this is actually, this is actually Miss Melissa's song. Yes, this is the song that gets stuck in Miss Melissa's head. All right, how about, we got it down to two. We got Michelle and Garen. Whose song is this? It's kind of a strange song you think about it. How lovely, you're singing to a Christmas tree, how lovely are your branches. <laughs> kind of creepy, I'm not going to lie. But how many get Christmas songs stuck in your head ever? You're like, I can't wait till November when KSTJ starts to play it all month. It's going to be fat. Maybe that's you. This is actually, that was Michelle's voice apparently, because that's Michelle's song, Oh Christmas Tree. All right. Now here's the last one. It's obviously one person left, and it is... Uh, We're in staff meeting, okay? And I just throw it out there. What's the song that gets stuck in your mind? Dancing Queen! Dancing Queen! And now I've had that image in my mind of a pastor all week long. So welcome to my world there. What is the song that just gets into your brain and you cannot get it out? Take five, ten seconds, share it with your neighbor, your friends around you right now. Go.
All right, I'm going to do a couple. All right, we're going to ask a few people. Ben. Eye of the tiger. Bump, 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 bump. Anybody else wants to share? Right there. Justin Bieber. Hmm. I'm trying to think of one of Bieber's songs. Baby, baby, something, baby, baby, baby. Uh, but this is a song, this little song at the end of the prayer, this is a song that I would love to see us get stuck into our mind. And not just get stuck in our mind, but into our hearts, into our lives as well. It's, it's called a doxology. Now when we think doxology, we think of the song we sang a little earlier, which is praise God from, and that's called the doxology, that's the name of the song. In fact, when I was growing up in Alabama, every single time we took the offering, they would take the offering, and they would, the guys would stand at the back, and then everyone would stand up together, and we'd all sing, Praise God from whom all blessed. Did, did your church do that growing up? Am I the only one? All right, from the age of 0 to 12, when the offering came to the back, automatically I stood up, Praise God from, and when I was you know, little, and then go, and when I got older, I'm not a singer, by the way. You're going to see that in a sec. Uh, but every time, so this has trained me, though. Now that when I, we moved to South Carolina, when the offering was, was taken, the first, like, years, I would, as soon as it was done, I was like, and I would look around, no one else is singing, kind of awkward moments. There's still, there's times when the offering is the back, and not, my body just moves, and I don't even, it's just like, it's trained me to do that. But that's called the doxology. Now, doxology is this, that what doxology means is just a short song of praise, and this is what that is. It's, you know, that, the song of praise that if we could just get it stuck in our hearts, if we just could get it stuck in our minds, and that's kind of where we're going this morning. Speaking of praise, speaking of worship, you guys did a great job worshiping this morning. Let, let's talk about worship. When you, when you think about worship, what's the first thing that comes to mind is, is probably singing. We're gonna, as we talk about it, let's kind of get a, a definition, a working definition for this morning. I talked to our worship guys, and they could talk paragraphs and books about worship. So I tried to drive it down to one sentence this morning so we could kind of be on the same page. But how we're going to define worship for our purpose this morning is this. Worship is our response, our being personal and community or corporate, to God for who He is and what He has done for us, communicated by the things we say and the way that we live. Capiche, got that? We kinda, you might want to write that down as we kind of are looking at that even more. But worship is our response to God. It's a response. Uh, you know, to have a response, something has to happen. There has to be a catalyst. There has to be something that, that happens first for someone to respond to it. If I were to come over here in this little section here, and I would start to break dance in some way, which would be awesome. Um, it would involve something to do with this, but if I were to do that, there's going to be a reaction. There's going to be a response. Either you're going to laugh, you're going to like have that awkward look on your face, you're going to uh, clap or cheer. Hopefully that would happen. But there's going to be a response to, to seeing that. Uh, if you were to hear the name Justin Bieber, we, there was a response there, or even like One Direction when they are in concert and, and things. There's this girls here, teenage girls, I don't know what it is. It's just, ah! it's just that's the response. And, and dads, they roll their eyes, and, and teenage boys, they roll their eyes. Oh, I can't believe those guys are they're all jerks. And, uh, and teenage moms of teenage girls are like, ah, and that's kind of weird too. Um, 
But there's a response, okay? There was a response when you, when you hear things. There's a response we especially know at, at sporting events. We know all about that, don't we? Uh, I don't know if you know, but there's a little game uh, they play with the pigskin that's coming up in a few weeks that they're starting back. It's called football. And uh, football is, is always fun. Yeah, whoa, that's very frightening. Now, I don't know what you look like. What, well, let's just, let's just uh, doodle a little bit this morning. You've got, a, you've got your, your notes with you. You can do this. If not, you can grab something. What do you look like at a sporting event? You can insert the Texans if you'd like to. Uh, but what do you look like when your, your team is winning? You can draw a picture of that. Now, what do you, are, you like a, are you a cheer? Are you a yellow? Are you a, yellow? Are you a clapper? Are you, what's your response? Uh, what do you look like when your team, put it in the, uh, the, the little dash there, is it A&M or, or Texas, UT or whoever it is, when they're losing, when they're losing. I mean, is it, there you go, that's uh, Saints fans. Uh, I couldn't give my tickets away. I don't, I don't know if we have any Saints fans this morning. You are known as the Aints, so uh, just throwing that out there. But what's your reaction? Are you, uh, do you get angry? Do you get upset? Do you boo? Do you hide in a paper bag? Um, what's your reaction for that? My favorite, though, is when I go to kids' sporting events and you watch parents. Because even the quietest mom will suddenly get very, very vocal when my baby is on the court and that referee's not treating him right or her right. I went with this quiet mom to a basketball game one night and, and bless her heart, I don't know if she knew a lot about basketball or not, but it was just like, get the ball, get it, get, get, get the ball. And it's this combination of nervous and yelling and just a little bit of everything. Uh, I actually, I was a t-ball umpire when I was 15 years old, and some of the like craziest things you've ever heard come from parents. This is t-ball, six years old. There's not even any rules in this game. You're just like throwing the ball out and hoping no one gets hurt, and grandma is even saying bad words at you. I'm not even keeping score, grandma, but there's a response. There's a response that comes. That's, that's what we're talking about, responses. And uh, when we think about response to what? Now, we talk about sports and songs and, you know, movies. You can go to a movie and, and cry your heart out or laugh. But what's our response to God? And as we look more at that definition, our response to who God is and what God has done for us. What's your response of worship? Because that's really what worship is all about. Now, who God is. I mean, we begin to think about who God is. God is amazing. God is... He's the creator. He's the one that's, that's put together everything you see. Now, there was a, uh, a, an astro, oh, was it shooting stars a few weeks ago. It was just incredible. I mean, when you look at the, the, the skies and the mountains, he's not just that God that just makes these glorious, mighty things. He's the God that listens to us. He's the God that's present now. He's the God that's gracious and merciful He's the God that loves us despite of us. He's the God that has forgiven us. He's the God that is there for us. He's the provider. I mean, he is everything. You think about the qualities of who God is. I mean, that's who we're worshiping. But we're not just worshiping who he is, but we're worshiping what he's done for us. What has he done for us? 1 Timothy 1.15 says this, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners who I am the worst. I love that. Ephesians says it this way. We were dead. We were all dead in our trespasses, in our sins. But Christ, in his infinite mercy, he died for us. 
He died for you. He died for me on a cross. And we celebrate that. We have an opportunity every single Sunday to come together as a community and to worship our God. And we do that in song. We do that with an offering. We do that in communion. We do that in community. These are our responses of worship corporately. But we have a chance to worship God with our actions as well. Now, some of us, when we're worshiping, we saw a, a cute little video before, we're feelers. You know, you just have to hear, Jesus died for me, and he rose again, and you're like, yes, that's, whoo! Some of us are thinkers, and you're like, hmm, Jesus died for us. And that was how long? That was six hours on a cross, and how it was biblical time, and, and what was actually happening on the cross, and you're kind of, you're more thinker, you're kind of contemplating different things. And, and there's room here to worship for all of us. That's what, not what this is about. The yellers, the hand holders, the God, God's the one that judges authentic and not authentic worship. But what is our response? There's freedom here to, to be you, but we're all because we're all different folks. I love this quote from uh, Louis Giglio, and he's kind of the guy behind the, the passion movement with the conferences and things. He says this: there is a direct correlation between your appreciation of the radical grace of God and the expression of worship that is coming out of your life today. There is a direct correlation between how much you appreciate what God's done for you and how you worship. I mean, there, it, it's an, if, you, if you appreciate little, you worship little. If you appreciate much, you worship, worship much. And that's not just in this place on Sunday, but how you worship out there. Because worship isn't, isn't just with words. It's with our lives. It's with our actions. It's the way we treat people. It's the way we live. It's the way we, we go to work. It's the way we teach. It's all of it. That's a, an act of worship. There's a story that kind of sums us up a little bit. It's in Luke chapter 7. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip there. Luke chapter 7, and it's, it's verse 39 or 36. There was a man that invited, a Pharisee that invited Jesus to his house. And uh, he invited Jesus' house to have dinner with him. And when a woman who had lived a sinful life, this is verse 37, in that town, learned Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And she stood behind him at his, at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with, his, with his, her tears, and she wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and poured perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him, him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet... He would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. Two men owned uh, money to a, a certain money lender. One owed 500 denarii and another 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. So Jesus gets invited to this guy's house, a Pharisee, he's a teacher. And uh, they're sitting around the table, and they're probably asking Jesus questions, maybe even grilling him, trying to see if he is legit or if he's who he says he is. And suddenly this woman comes into play, a sinful woman. It's basically implied uh, through commentators and different things that this woman is the town prostitute. And we don't know the whole story. We don't know what's happened to this place, but we do know her response. We know what her response is. She comes into the room, and she has a jar of alabaster perfume. Alabaster perfume is like a very expensive perfume of the time. 
And she gets on her hands and her knees. And she began to wash wash our Lord's feet with the perfume and with the tears from her eyes. And she takes her hair and washes his feet with her hair. What a response. I, I just, the question I have is, man, what did God do for this woman? I mean, it's pretty intense. I mean, we think about different stories from the Bible. The woman at the well who had tried everything to find happiness from relationship to relationship to relationship and came up empty every time. And Jesus offered her living water and radically changed her life. We think about story after story. Maybe we can think about our story, how Jesus has changed us. And our response, this woman She gave everything in a moment and did not care what anyone thought in that room. She wasn't concerned. She was only concerned about giving proper just love to to, to Jesus. Now what happens after that? The the Pharisee goes, "Well, well surely if he knew who this was, I can't believe he's letting her do that. And he tells this story about these men. One had $500 worth or 500 denarii, denarii, and that's basically a day's wages. And one owed 50 and the denarii is basically a day's wage. And so you can kind of give a perspective there. And the key to that verse is this. It says, neither of them had the money to pay it back. They couldn't pay it back. Neither one, the big debt and the small debt. Neither one of them could be paid back. And that's our story. We can't pay the debt back. We can't pay God for our sin. We can't do enough good deeds. We're dead. Without Jesus, we're dead. And that's the glory of the cross. That's the glory of God's grace is that we don't have any way to pay Jesus back, but he forgave us anyway. And he restores us and he gives us hope and a future and he cleans the slate for all of us. But whose response, who who would love God more? The person with the, the greater debt. And you're right. And Jesus, here's where Jesus busts him. If you keep going down, it says this. I came into your house then he turned to the woman. Did you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. What love, what worship. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, which was a custom back then, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven loves little. Hmm. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Those are beautiful words. What's your response in worship? In response to what Jesus has done for you, what God has done for you, and who he is in your life, what's your response? I... uh, I think every kid at one point or another probably has turned to their parents and said, but mom, I don't listen to the words or the lyrics. I only like the beats or the music or the older I get, I got to tell you, the words matter. <laughs> the words, I'm sure that I'm going to say that to my, my kid at some point that you don't need to listen to this because the, the, I'm sure my kid will respond that way that mom, I don't listen to the words. We've all said that at some point. The words, they matter. My buddy Mark he tells a story about uh, when he was having kind of a date night with his wife, Lauren. And Lauren is a very sweet, innocent, 
Southern girl, and they're listening to uh, Tom Petty. Uh, Tom Petty, good, uh, there's some good uh, road trip songs, uh, Free Fallen, uh, and then there's another one he sings, it's uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane. Uh, and they're having this date night, and they're singing, Last Dance with Mary Jane, one more, and all of a sudden it hits Lauren. Mark, he's talking about drugs. <laughs> he's talking, Mary Jane, that's marijuana. <laughs> and it's like the light bulb went off her, it's like, and Mark says, yes, sweetheart, he is a rock and roll singer. That's what they talk about. It's either drugs or sex. It's one of those two. It's got, but it just like hit her that the words, words matter, folks. Uh, and the words of this song, they matter as well. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. We've talked about kingdom a little bit already. Pastor Michelle preached about it. Your kingdom come, your will be done. To be kingdom-minded. If we sang this song, if we got this song on our mind, and couldn't get it out. We got it on our heart. And every morning we said that, that simple song of, of prayer or praise. And we said, your kingdom come. How would that change our lives? How would that change our lives? You see, it's, it's really easy to get in routine. We're about to get into some major routine come Monday. And that's a good routine. I'm, I'm excited about that routine uh, of going to school and, and, and going back. But... But there's a routine that we also get into every day, and that's the, t- the routine of, of watching the clock and just kind of doing life and seeing it go by. We get up, we get the kids to school, we get breakfast for everyone, we, we go through our checklist, we go to work, and, and some of us have jobs, and I don't know if you have a job like this, that you're constantly, you're watching the clock. Okay, if I can just get to 5 o'clock. If I can just get to 5 o'clock, what time is it now? It's 10.10. If I can just get to 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock is a... Okay, if I can just get to Friday. Friday is what day? It's Tuesday. All right, if I can just. Do you realize that TGIF, that's the only time we can still recognize God in this country? It's like, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> Woo! We even named a restaurant after it. TGIF, right there. Fridays. We, we think about it's just constantly this doing work and this watching the clock. I am totally guilty of this. Going to the next thing. It's like, okay, I cannot wait till vacation. Ooh, vacation is a coming. Let's get the countdown on. Let's look at the, 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 uh, the, look, at, look at the calendar, and we'll mark days off. Some of you guys were marking days off. I'm not going to point any, to anybody. I'm not going to look at anybody. But you were like, we've got X days left till school is over. We got X. Woo, I got 50 days of summer. Woo, it's going to be great. And then we're here, and now we're in the middle of it. The first day of school, I had a tradition when I was growing up. I would always say, today... Is the 180th, the first day of 180th. The next day I would say, we only have 178 more days. We only have 178. So we only have 176 more days. And you would count that. We can kind of live in that place. And when we do that, we can kind of have tunnel vision of just like living in our world. And sometimes the song that we get into our mind maybe would, would sound a little bit like this song. I want to talk about me, want to talk about I, want to talk heard about song before? one, oh my, me, my, what I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. I can fade it out. You can get that song in your mind. It's the me world, my kingdom, all right? You guys are looking at me like you've never heard that song before. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. All right? All right? 
Me, we live in that me, me, me world, okay? When we talk about and we pray for my, your kingdom to come, that totally breaks everything apart. And we begin to think about who God is. And that dictates our response. This is a great quote from Brennan Manning. It says this, The greatest single cause of atheist, atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and they walk out the door and deny them with their lifestyle. That's what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. How does God wreck our world? What would God do if we prayed that every morning? How would it change our priorities? How would it change the way we looked at people? One morning I was uh, at church in Florida and I walked in and, and when, the little Nazarene church over there, all glass fronts. And I walked in and, and the, the glass, you cannot see really inside, but you can see outside very clearly. And, and underneath the church, uh, just the, the entranceway as you drive in, there was a man that had made a little house out of a cardboard box right there in the middle of, of the church. And he'd probably been sleeping there all night. And suddenly something happened to me. I felt God to speak, begin to speak to my heart. He said, you need to go out there. You just need to go talk to that guy. I'm not asking you to do anything else, but go and talk to him. And suddenly the list came into my mind. But, but God, I've got, I've got things I've got to get done today. I got good, I work, I'm working at the church. Obviously, I'm doing good things. I've got this, 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 and this. And I flat told God no that day. I said, God, and not only did I say no, I went into my office because I could see him from my office, from the door, and I shut the door, and I began to work on good things. A couple of, it was three or four in the afternoon, there's a man by the name of, of Tom Kincaid that, that goes to the church there. He's a, a retired steel worker, and man, I've learned more about Jesus from Tom than a lot, a lot of people. He's a Christ follower if I've ever seen one. He comes into my office, and he's so excited. I said, hey, Tom, what's going on? What's happening? He's like, you're never going to believe what happened. You're never going to believe this. This morning I came to the church. I had some things I was trying to do, and I saw this man, and he was, he was underneath the stoop. And I was like, really? That's interesting. And uh, kind of played like I didn't see him. And uh, he said, I went up to him, and I just began to talk to him. I was like, what happened, Tom? And he's like, well, he told me about how he had some really hard times, and his, he's separated from his family, and, and they live in Orlando, well, Vero, Orlando, about an hour and 45 minutes away. It's like he really wants to try to get back to see them because he just, you know, just needs to reconcile some things. And, just, and I just felt like God was telling me I needed to take him. I said, you did what? You needed to do what? And he said, I just felt like I needed to take him to Orlando. Not a bus ticket, take him. I said, wow, Tom, what happened? Well, I invited him in my car. I, I bought him breakfast on the way. And we just started talking. And we started driving. And this guy started telling me about his life. And you're not going to believe this, Pastor Matt. Right in the middle of the car, he gave his life to Jesus for the first time. Woo! And his, that was his reaction. And I was like, and you can tell just the guilt. I'm just like feeling it. And he's like, you're not going to believe what happened next. We get to Orlando. And he tells me where he lives. And, he, and I drive up to his house. And it was like a scene from the, pro the prodigal son from the Bible. The, the family sees him in the car, and immediately everyone comes out and has this huge moment where they're all like around him, and they're just hugging and crying, and it is just like burning me inside. I'm like, I cannot believe I told God no. I can't believe that I was in my, my world. And I wonder how often we get so caught in our kingdom that we miss God's kingdom what God's trying to do in our lives and through us every day. Teachers, what a great opportunity you have. 
I mean, I, it's the hardest job in the world. My wife's a teacher. I, I, I can't imagine how difficult it is. But you have the opportunity to speak hope into some lives that are, that are hopeless. You have a chance to love kids and, and to teach them not just about things in a book, but about life and about how to treat people and character. And I know that there's laws and rules about things now, but that can't stop you from teaching about the characters and truths of who Jesus is and how that is lived out by loving each other. There's a great verse in Colossians that says this, and we're going to skip down to the bottom, where it says, Let the message about Christ and all its riches fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of Jesus, our Lord. Give thanks through him to God the Father. When we say, might your kingdom come, that'll blow our world apart. I hope that that song gets stuck in your mind. The next line is, your power. And when by saying yours is the power, you're basically recognizing this. When you sing it, when you say it, when you live it, you're saying, God, I am dependent on you. I need you. And we look at see that in the prayer is, I need you for bread. I need you for forgiveness. I need you for breath. I need you for everything. There's a song that's an old song. It's, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. Oh, precious. Thank you. That's a great song. And we've kind of redone it a couple of times with just that simple line of, I need you. I need you today, God. Lord, I am so desperate for you, God. I need you today and every day. I need you for your grace. I need you when the, uh, the AC breaks and it's going to cost $6,000 to fix. I need you uh, when my car breaks down. I need you in the morning when I just, man, I don't want to go to work. I need you when I have to leave my kids. I need you at every single moment of our lives. And the last line is, is this. Yours be the glory forever. Yours be the praise. And in that, that Colossians verse, it says, let every detail of your lives, word, action, whatever, this is the message version. It says this. Let every detail of our lives, word, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every single step of the way. Carrie and David are coming. There is a, a song that I've had on my mind now for probably about 12 or 13 years. It's an older song, but it's a song that we actually uh, had uh, sung in our wedding. And uh, Carrie and David are going to play it uh, in just a second. But it's all about thankfulness and how we live a life of gratitude. There's a story in the Bible, and it's about these ten lepers. And Jesus comes, on these ten, comes up to these ten lepers, and they had that horrible disease of leprosy. And uh, there's no telling what they actually looked like back then. If they had all, even all their fingers and toes, and you can Google pictures, and it's disturbing. Uh, but these ten men, are, they're basically they're outcasts in the community. And they see Jesus one day, and they say, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus says, well, go show yourself to the priest. And as they're walking, they don't even have to get there. They just are showing the faith of, of okay, we, we're going to believe you. They, they, they go to the priest, and on the way, they're all miraculously healed. Leprosy, gone. Right? Well, one of them says, well, we've got to, I've got to go back, and I've got to thank this Jesus for what he's done. 
Now, does, when he goes back, the, first of all, the other nine, they just take off. They don't, no, I don't have time for that. I don't know what that reaction is. But he turned, the one turns back, and does he go up to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, thank you so much for saving my life from leprosy and, and future death. No, he falls at his feet, and he says, thank you, thank you, God. That's his response. That's his reaction. Now, there's a part of me that wants to say, I wonder what happened to the other nine. I wonder if they like suddenly like leprosy came back to their body again because of their, their lack of worship. But to live with thankful hearts, man, what would that look like if this song got on our mind, that every day we had this sense of thankfulness to God and giving God glory? Check out the song. lips of mine and if I had a thousand years I would still run out of time you listen to my heart every beat would say oh thank you for the life thank you for the every day. A song of gratitude, a song of praise. What if that song got stuck into, into our, our hearts? 
If we said genuinely every single morning, God, it's about you today. Your kingdom come. Your will be done today in my life. God, I need you today. Without you, I'm nothing. I'm so dependent upon you, Lord. And I said, Lord, help me to be thankful. God, help me to be thankful. This world is so cynical. This, this world just picks things apart. And it picks people apart. And it, we can blame it on the media. We can blame it on politics. We can blame it on all that stuff. But it's corrupting us as people. And it's causing us to see people in a way that's it's not Christ-like. God has called us to live with gratitude, with thanksgiving, to sing this doxology, to live this doxology, and to worship Him. Amen. This is good news. It's good news, folks. Today, we're going to end a little differently, all right? I'm going to give you a few announcements, and then we're going to have a, a great big time of prayer. The announcements are this. Hey, if you're here for the first time, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you've chosen to be here. Hope you got a little food. Hope you got some coffee. Come back next week. We'd love to have you. We, we want to be like a family here. Other announcements. This week, Wednesday, starts back kids' program and, and teen programs. It starts at 645 on uh, on a Wednesday night, uh, I'm sorry, my mind just got distracted. <laughs> Pastor Garen, come on up here. Uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if uh, everyone knows why your hair is like that. Can you share real quick? Uh, what do you mean? No. This past June for VBX Vacation Bible Extreme, because we don't do school in the summer. For VBX, we were trying to raise money for an organization called Bloodwater Mission where $1 gives clean, wa clean water to one person for an entire year. Well, last year for VBS, we raised $230, so I, I had a lofty goal of let's double it, $500. Well, by the third night, we were well past that, and I told them if we raise $1,000, I will dye my hair. And we far exceeded that. You got the number on the slide? We raised $2,178.22, which means over 2,000 lives are changed because of the work happening. We had kids that were doing lemonade stands, raising money, um, harassing people in the Walmart parking lot. I mean, it was, it was all on. Let's get the money for these people. And it was amazing. So, um, true to my word, my hair is what You said 1,000. It was 2,000. So shouldn't you have to dye it twice, like later on? Oh, the goatee. I got you. Nice. Impressive. Impressive. Two colors, 2,000. Very nice. Well, tomorrow is the first day of school, guys. Are you excited about school tomorrow? Wow. Man, who are these kids? Well, we are excited for you, and I want to tell you something. All these people back here, they love you, and they are praying for you, and they're excited for you with school. And what we want to do this morning is we want to invite all of our teachers. If you have anything to do with kids, if you're, in, if you're a teacher in schools and daycares, we're actually, if kids, if you'll stand up, teachers, if you'll come on down. If, 
If you work in any way with uh, buses, with, in school offices, if you have anything to do with kids, we'd love for you to, 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 to come down. And we want to pray together as a community. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do, if you are not any of these things, but you just love these people, which I know that you do, I want you guys, this is a moving exercise. You're going to move, and we're going to actually surround them, all right? So you have permission to come on stage, all right? I know this is going to be tough for some of you guys because you don't get out of the, the seat is like where you stay. for. It's like safety area here, okay? But if you are... A part of the community, and you're not only you're gonna come on up here, it's fine. I'm not gonna make you hold hands with anyone, I promise. Okay? Now, what we wanna do, if you're a, a distance away, if, if, if for some reason you, you can't move and you just wanna reach your hands out, you can do that as well. But we wanna pray for all of our students, our teachers, and uh, let's lift that up in prayer right now. God, thank you so much for these kids and for these teachers and these people that invest so much in the lives of students, God. We lift them up to you right now. We lift up every single boy and girl here as they get ready for school, Lord. We pray that you would protect them, that you would watch over them, that you would guide them, Lord, at every place that they go. Lord, be with them on the bus. Be with them in the cafeteria, in their classes, God. Help them not to be nervous. But, Lord, help them just to... To, to meet friends and to, to be a positive place uh, called school, Lord. Lord, we pray for teachers right now, God. We thank you so much for what they do, Lord. We thank you for the investment they make in our, in our, our kids, God. No amount of money could ever pay them for what they do, God. And we are so thankful, Lord, for them. God, I pray that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would give them peace, that you would give them just energy, Lord, in the middle of day when that two o'clock feeling comes, God, that, Lord, they wouldn't need five-hour energy. They would just, they would turn to you, God, and you would be there, Lord, and that you would lift their spirits up, God, and Lord, we pray that not just for tomorrow. We pray that for day number 79 and 121 and 178 and every single day, God. Lord, help us to be a community that, that loves and, and encourages and reaches out, Lord. Lord, be with every single person represented, God. Be with parents in the morning as well. God, we lift these things up to you, Jesus. In your name, everyone said? Amen. Amen.